0: Explosive concert information from the Metal Hand of God podcast. The Metal Hand of God would like to announce Coheed and Cambria live on stage. Brought to you by the Fillmore in association with Live Nation. Also, special guest Foxing. Live, February 18th. Go to www.LiveNation.com for your tickets now. Coheat in Cambria. See great bands all summer long at the Fillmore, New Orleans, premier concert venue. Don't wait. Get those tickets at LiveNation.com. This concert will sell out. The Fillmore in association with Live Nation. This message was brought to you by the Metalhead of God podcast and The Fillmore. Get your tickets. Go to Live Nation dot com for tickets.
1: Give us not that, but take from them everything.
2: Hey, this is Danny Roecker from Brutal Truth, Nuclear Assault, a bunch of other fucking bands. And you're listening to the
1: MHOG Podcast.
3: Yeah. And welcome back to the Metal Hand of God Podcast. I am your host, Wayne. And sitting across from me, not really, but he's in another world, another state, is the amazing, the always wonderful... Rum guy! Yay! Yay! And today I'm going to butcher another man's name. And I even know. and I even practiced it before I got on here, but I know that I'm horrible at addiction, and I'm going to do it anyway. Um <laughs> we have the amazing Jay Braggart on our show. Did I say it right?
4: Hey, you got it right. Woo! <laughs> I didn't right. fuck up. You well, see? It would have been pretty hard to fuck up the first name. So.
3: Well, yeah, Jay was pretty easy, you know. I mean, but you know, but some sometimes he slurs. He's had multiple <laughs> strokes. Yeah, so. yeah, but you don't know me, man. You know, I could I, I fuck up everything. I fuck my own name up half the time. <laughs> yeah. Right on, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Look, we were about time we got you on here, dude. I know we were trying to get you before and we had some, you know, scheduling problems. No problem, you know, no big deal. Uh glad to have you on. Jay is a sideshow performer and amongst other things of course but he's a man of many things dude you i like i we did a little just digging around at some of the stuff that you've done you held or you still hold 13 fucking world records
4: yeah i got a few still that's a couple of them to beat i was thinking about going back into that this year and taking those back
3: that is pretty fucking cool man how how did you
5: come up with doing that i mean that's just that's just where not everybody does that sort of stuff but i mean you you're a performer so i'm assuming i, I noticed some of them were like a a nunchuck thing while well, balancing uh, juggling um i mean or, is it just something that you've wanted to do or is this just something you've uh decided hey you know what i'm gonna get in that damn book
4: yeah well well the you know, I'm an entertainer, so it's always good for world records. You know, you can use it for promo material, that kind of stuff. But sure. and I've always been obsessed and in, into like Guinness World Records, and the records I hold are on record setters, which is a really cool format, a cool platform. Nice. But uh, yeah, the the one you're talking about, the nunchuck, it's the most. Back crosses with a nunchuck on a rollabola, which is kind of stupid. It's probably the like the most <laughs> random thing that I've ever done, but I, it was there, so I was like, I can do more than that.
3: All right, I have a question. Uh, this may be a, kind of a weird question. Most people may know this. I don't. What the hell's a rollabola? A rollabola is a
4: balance board. It's used in circus, and it's essentially a like a four inch pipe and a piece of wood on top of it, and you balance on top of the wood without oh, seeing your ass.
5: Oh, well, that's a classic thing. That's been used in circuses for a long time in different
3: Yeah, acts. I've seen guys do those things. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about now. I just—I never knew it was uh, what the name of that was. I just like, okay, this guy's got a a pipe and a board. You know what I'm saying? I, I never yeah, understood. It's that. called a roller bolo. That's fucking cool, man. See, we nice. learn things on this show. How but, long have you been in the business?
4: I've been a professional full-time entertainer for close to 10 years. Wow. Uh, but I, I've done entertainment since I was a teenager, though. Well
3: yeah I read that you were in a punk rock band,
4: yeah, that's what I started when I was about fifteen doing punk rock music. and then once I hit about my twenties, I started jamming in metal bands yes. and then eventually I fell into theatrical and stage performance because it actually pays money yeah look look look
3: <laughs> man you don't have to tell us dude like i i i I still do bands from here and there like I, I'm in a band now and
4: and yeah. It doesn't pay.
3: It's yeah,
5: just, but, it's for fun. But don't you miss the bar tab? You,
4: you know, I would, but I quit drinking about five years ago. Oh, oh congratulations, dude. That's so, awesome. I don't need the fucking bar tab anymore. So,
5: well, it makes
3: sense. Yeah, that's that good, sense. dude. That's good.
5: That's well, good. what, what, how, how did you come across from, from, from jumping from music to uh, this type of performance? I mean, there had to be a trigger somewhere.
4: Well, there was, when I was in my mid 20s, I was playing in a lot of bands I was producing a lot of shows and I wanted to hire I've always been obsessed with like circus and freaks and all that kind of stuff and I wanted to hire sideshow performers to come and perform at the metal shows and I never got that to work I talked to a lot of them I never got any of them down because most of them were from out of out of the city where I was at Mm -hmm. and uh the band I was in I spent a lot of time with and a lot of money on and a lot of effort and we broke up and I was Uh, just like, God, this sucks. I'm tired of putting all this out. And my girlfriend at the time was like, well, why don't you do all the sideshow stuff you're always trying to get people to do? And I thought about it for a couple days. And that's where I started. I started, uh, I learned how to juggle so I could juggle knives and I learned how to breathe fire and pound a nail in my face. And then from there, it just snowballed.
5: You know what the juggling of knives seems to be one that, uh, you better get quick if you're going to do it because you could lose fingers pretty easily.
4: Well, yeah, you got to start with, you know, juggling balls and juggling clubs. And th- I've been juggling knives for a long time. And about two years ago, I had a really bad accident where I, I didn't cut my finger off, but I cut my finger really, really bad.
3: Oh, so wow. there,
4: the, the danger is always there. There's always outside, outside elements that can affect you, the wind and people distracting you and sure. You know. Just, you
5: just maybe having a bad day one day. You know, <laughs> just one of those things. That I have a lot plus, of bad days.
4: Bad days definitely happen. Sometimes you just can't get the tricks off. You know. Ugh.
5: But you started, uh, from what I read, if I remember correctly, you started uh, the uh, the Braggart Family Circus. Are you still yeah. doing that? And then you went into the, um, oh, what is it, the Stranger Danger Thrills? Yes,
4: I think that was Strange the Strange Danger Thrill show. Strange, Strange danger. danger. We should have just named it Stranger Danger Thrill Show because that's what everyone fucking says.
5: Oh, I'm so. so sorry. <laughs> no,
4: no, I've, it's been on marquees. It, we, we did a show in Hollywood, and we get to the club, and it says Stranger Danger Fucking Thrill Show on the on the marquee. So it's nothing I'm not used to.
5: Oh, that's that's funny, but man, it, it's it's really got you to travel quite a bit, though, hasn't it?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now we, me, and my partner, who did Stranger Danger Thrill Show, her name is Lauren. We still travel, but we travel with circuses. Now we're full-time circus performers.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fucking cool.
4: But Yeah, we go from, uh, like last year, one one week we went from the border of South Texas all the way to Niagara Falls. Oh, man, that's fucking sweet. We go everywhere.
3: Which is amazing.
4: I love to travel, so. Except when the van breaks down, then it sucks.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then it's no longer traveling. Then it's just, Hey, we're stuck here. Yeah. Um, They should,
5: they should be putting you in first class flights, my man.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Circus isn't as classy as it's knocked out to be.
3: Oh man. What, um, have you ever been down this way? Like, I know, I don't know if I'm in new Orleans. I
4: don't know if you knew we were that this way. Um, I've, drive through louisiana a lot i did a couple shrine circuses in in louisiana last year oh, um cool. i don't spend much time in new orleans though i never really have i oh, think cool. when i was like 14 i spent a week there with my brother but nice
3: i just didn't know if you guys performed out this way is what i was getting at you no, know
4: they they do the southern sideshow hoot nanny out there though you know what that is
3: no that i know yeah
4: yeah it's a big uh big sideshow convention that they do and they do it there in new orleans it was put on by Callie from freak show to go nice. And she's been doing it for three or four years now. I think well, don't damn. they
5: have a similar one down in Florida, I think too. another event like that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Southern Florida near somewhere near Venice, I think. Hmm.
4: No, they had Venice beach freak show in California, but the only hmm. other sideshow convention that there's ever been was the ink in the Valley convention. And it was a sideshow convention that piggybacked on a tattoo convention. and oh. that was in Pennsylvania. Okay. And
5: Wilkes-Barre, wilkes Pennsylvania. Yeah.
3: That's why you probably know that Rome. Cause that's where you're from in that area. Yeah. I'm,
5: I'm, I'm originally from up in PA and I, I knew there was another one somewhere. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that one
4: went on for several years, but it hasn't been, I think the last one was probably 10 years ago or something. It was a long time ago.
5: Wow. Well, that's, um, our, so you're, you said you were thinking about getting back into the guinness book thing what what are your what are your thoughts what are you thinking about doing
4: well i i do a lot of balancing stuff like one of the records i have is like balancing a sword on my face for like seven minutes and
3: i watched you know, that
4: bal- video balance for the whole seven minutes that i I, cool. I did
3: i sat there and watched it i'm like this is fucking cool i'm gonna stare at this dude doing this thing <laughs>
4: That's kind of creepy. Well, you know, hey, it whatever. Well, whatever. Well, yeah, you, I was at you lunch, you know,
3: I was at lunch at work. I'm like, you know, I got seven minutes to fucking. kill yeah. let's watch this.
4: Well, if you, if
5: you meet Wayne, you'll understand. Oh, fuck off, <laughs>
3: <laughs> cocksucker!
4: No, but as far as records go, it'd be more balancing and juggling stuff. You know, maybe That's some knife right. throwing stuff.
5: Well, I read somewhere on one of your on one of your pages too about doing some. Um, or were you involved or work with some people that do Wild West stuff?
4: Yeah, that's what I do in the circus.
5: Oh, My okay. main act
4: in the circus is a Wild West act and I do whip cracking, rope spinning, and knife throwing.
5: Oh, that is really cool, man. Because that's a you don't see that much anymore. It's almost a uh, an art that's that's it's, it's it's very far and few between you get that stuff, you know?
4: Yeah, there's there's not a lot of uh knife throwers. Um there is quite a few whip whip and rope acts. But as far as knife throwing goes, we're the, actually the only act on the American circus right now who does the knife throwing with the Wheel of Death.
5: Wow. Oh, wow, Which, you do the Wheel of Death, too.
4: Yeah, that's where the... Obviously, the girl gets on the wheel. I spin it real fast and throw the knives. Now, um,
3: now uh, just out of curiosity, is, it, is there a trick to this? You don't have to explain it or anything like that? I just, I'm just i just curious, or is it just skill?
4: It's skill. It's okay. 100%. Okay.
3: Because, yeah. like, you know, uh, I come... It's my boss. is a veterinarian, and he also is a magician. So I'm his assistant at work, and his assistant, and his assistant as a magician. So you should see uh, him in the unitard. Yeah, you should see me in that. It's it's so hot. The pink one is everybody's favorite. Um, but but that's why I'm, I was just curious because like I know you know in a lot of the magic stuff there is skill to it, and there is also trickery to it. So I am just trying to. Just had an idea if that was an actual skill or, or trick, you know?
4: No, that's the knife throwing we do is a hundred percent skill. There is some knife throwing magic tricks,
1: like, yeah.
4: like the, the big board where the knives pop out of it. Right. You don't really see that anymore, but they had that back in the day. Like I think it was on an episode of I love Lucy.
3: You're right. No, it well, was, yeah. it was.
4: Yeah. So that there's, there is the magic trick aspect to it and there is a lot of people who think it's a magic trick. But the way we do it, you can see the knives flying. There's no doubt about what's going on.
5: Well, that's amazing, man. That's You have to have a very trusting person with you.
4: Yeah, she's uh, – well, we actually – she throws knives around me too. So. Oh, so.
3: All right. So, knives, but so she yeah, if you, if you miss, you're fucked too. <laughs> she's going <laughs> to stab you too.
4: She uh, throws knives between my legs, so I'm oh. not
3: pissing her off. I don't blame you. You
5: should both get on the wheel of death, different ones and throw knives at each other. Shit.
4: She rides the wheel of death. I'm too fat for that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's awesome though, man. That's, see, that's the type of stuff I like to see. Something's got some skill to it, you know, and, and something you don't see every day. Those are the things, because I remember going to uh, the uh, the circuses and the fairs and stuff like that and, and seeing the, uh, the performers and stuff like that. That was my favorite thing to do. I wasn't going to the really crappy crappy rides that were deadly it was going to see the shows and and uh, the side shows and all the side performing acts i always like to do that i never had the guts to do it though
4: well the the side shows are where my heart lies I, I work on circuses now but there's still a few classic sideshows out where you know they have the giant banners with the half man and the yeah good girl and all that stuff that's yeah. actually where me and my girlfriend uh met
3: Oh, that's cool! Wow. <laughs> we,
4: we were working there, and she was the knife thrower, and I was the front talker. The you know the guy who sat on the front and talked to everybody into the, the show. Yeah,
3: basically, you were like the the carnival barker kind of guy.
4: Yeah, the lecturer. Yeah. The talker. That's we, nice. We man. don't use the term barker so much because dogs bark, people lecture, gotcha. people talk. Oh, well, I got
3: gotcha. you. I got you. My bad, man. Dang, I'm not here. I am insulting a man uh, about being a barker. I'm
4: not, I'm not knocking you. I'm just educating you. Yeah, a lot of people it. don't know that. You know, a lot yeah, of I had no idea. A, not really a, a term that most most carnival and circus people use. Sure,
3: That's cool. Yeah, I, I had no fucking clue, to be honest with
4: you.
5: I, I know what you were saying about those uh, those big banners and stuff. I know uh, some of those, uh, the, the artwork, people, there's only, I, I guess, a handful of people that really do, are known for that type of artwork, too, in, in that field, um, those gigantic banners. I just saw, uh, it was on, at an auction not, not too long ago. They had uh, two big big banners uh, one was like the uh, ape girl and uh, one was something else and they were from the uh the 1930s i think or for, early for- 40s and those things went for big bucks
3: oh yeah dude that we um recently we had a uh was it, a curiosities um expo over here uh-huh. that, that we went to and uh they had a a young lady that was that does those and oh, she she cool. had some really big ones out there and they were you know seven grand and they were new You know there they were newer versions of some Of the older stuff they weren't like the original Things you know right but it was on That tapestry yeah. kind of thing I'm like god Damn that's expensive I want one so Bad
4: there's well, some New painters that are coming up that are really good The the old guys were You know most of them passed away like Johnny Mia and Fred mm-hmm. Johnson And those are the ones that uh, Demand real big money but there's Some new painters that are out right now that are doing A really good job
5: well, you gotta, you gotta, it, it's, it's, it's the entire story in one panel. You really gotta <laughs> capture what in the world, you know, you're trying to come across with it and grab the people's attention because when you're, you know, anybody, but especially when you're a young kid, like I was going through, it was like, that's how you picked where you were going. That's where you were spending your money. I'm going to spend my money on that because that just looks awesome.
4: You know? You gotta, yeah. Well, yeah. that's, it's exaggerated to the T or to the, you know, to the max, you, sure. you want it as, as far out and. Crazy as it can be because when you get In there it's only going to be a portion Of that sure you know like so the, the spider girl Right is, is one you know and I was A front talker on these shows and People would literally come out and say That wasn't no spider girl that Wasn't real it's was like you thought You were actually going to go see A spider with a woman's head on it You thought that shit was real <laughs> You deserve your money that's so funny
5: but uh, yeah people are people are like that you know it's you're, you're supposed to go get entertained you're supposed to get the little bit of the aha factor to it you know people get pissed off
4: yeah some people look past it and they don't they don't just enjoy it you know they they want more than what it is but yeah. the new shows that tour now are a little bit better the old shows were a lot of a lot of gaff and a lot of disappointment really but the new mm-hmm. shows are putting out good quality entertainment so are
5: you are you seeing a a change though in the in the type of uh acts or things getting a bit more um surreal are they getting more dangerous or, or, yeah, or yeah, are, are they you like
3: leaning more towards the uh danger act aspect or are they like uh or or just like um like you were saying more towards the uh surreal stuff
4: well yeah the well, in the shows, there's there's three different things that you're going to see. You're going to see the working acts, which mm-hmm. are the acts like the sword swallower, the whip cracker, the knife thrower, the fire eater, the real regular people doing, doing acts. And then you'll see the freaks, which are the real deformed freaks, like, you know, the half man, the midgets, wow. all those people. And then there's the illusions and the illusions are what people used to beef about a lot. And yeah, there's there's a lot of that is coming out a lot of the the shows now are just using the working acts and the real freaks because mm. there's nothing to complain about there it's good right you know, it's good all right. stuff
5: but it's 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 it's, a, it's definitely a, a skill to do a lot of that i mean you you know the sword swallow we know a a, a friend of ours uh, she does she does uh, sword swallowing mm-hmm. she does uh, human blockhead uh she does some things like that and her when she was getting into it i remember when she went for her first i was actually uh, wayne i was down there in louisiana and we were doing a show down there
3: yeah she did uh, she did one of her first shows with us
5: yeah and she just started that night doing uh, training for the stuff and, doing the uh, blockhead stuff yeah and she, she's done amazing but it was a lot of work people don't <laughs> realize how much work has to go into that stuff
4: yeah especially the sword swallowing, the fire eating too yeah yeah it, it's pretty dangerous stuff
3: do do you guys yeah, do you guys find that um I mean I, I know uh, you know like uh TV shows like American Horror Story and, and and stuff like that do you find that that made a big uh like insurgence for you guys?
4: It definitely helped. Like when this past summer I was working a big tent show, and we still mention American Horror Story.
3: Yeah, we you actually know, just, we actually had um uh, one of the guys from Horror Story on our show. Uh, when when i forget it was i think it was towards the end of the season of freak show um yeah he
5: was the uh the human seal
3: yeah um what's his last name paul um i can't remember his, can't think last his name, name or... but anyway he, he came on he was telling us about stuff and you know and he worked you know sideshow stuff for a long time and all that stuff too so
4: it was pretty cool cool yeah the venice beach uh freak show did a lot too, the
3: yeah, I was I was sad to see that get off the air, man. I was really sad about that. I was like, I was really into that show. I watched it all the time, and I was I was like really cool about what that uh, that guy did. Like he would, when he would go out and get all the actual, you know, like the the jar babies and shit like that. Like that was really cool. Yeah, Todd's a
4: pretty cool guy. Because
3: he was like preserving, you know, the culture. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like he was, I don't know, like uh, trying to sell it on eBay or whatever. You know.
4: Yeah, and they actually, the show went off air, but they actually lost their building, too, so the, the oh, actual wow. stationary show isn't going on anymore.
5: Wow.
0: The, uh,
4: their lease their lease was up, and their landlord didn't renew it, and there's a fucking Starbucks there now.
5: Of course. Of <laughs> course.
4: <laughs> it
3: it's
5: either going to be a Starbucks or a fucking Dollar General or a Walmart. That's all they put up anywhere.
3: Dude, yeah, that's terrible, man. Yeah.
5: Well, where, where do you see uh, uh, circus? How, how is it changing for the future? I mean, are they, are they going to stick to classics? Do you see uh, new and exciting things coming through that way? I mean, do do the modern crowd, the younger crowd, want something bigger, something more exciting, or or what? I mean...
4: Well, it's it's always... Circus is always getting the next best thing. I mean, that's what keeps circus alive. So it's always the, the next best thing, you know? So there's always new things like, you know, the past you know 50 years there's been like sure. the motorcycle globe of death and the big sky wheel that kind of stuff and there's always going to be new things in the circus but i think it's kind of dwindling from the the big three ring spectacle back down to the one ring you know uh, classic show and i think that's what people like that's what i like i know and that's what a lot of the shows are doing now
5: well, it's good to see that. I mean, I'm I'm glad to see and hear that uh, people are still going because I know when we had the circus come to town where I lived in uh, in Georgia, and Savannah, uh, it was it was always sold out. They would sell out every freaking time.
3: Unfortunately, was- unfortunately, that's not the case here. It's 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 really deplorable out here. It's terrible, like you. <sighs> Like, you may, if, you, if there's a circus that comes into town, it's, it's like, a half-ass, and it's not even, no one even goes. Really? Yeah.
5: Because really? I love that stuff. I thought oh, it was-
3: dude, I do, too. I mean, but it's, it's, it's what happens. Like, down here, it's, unless they have, like, the big rides and shit, no one's going to go uh-huh. to it. Like, you know, like a fair, not really a right. circus. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right.
5: Well, I think the classics are, are the way to go. I mean the circuses have been around for a very long time. Uh, they've uh, I, it's it's amazing really to to think how long they've been around and how they actually keep drawing people in. you know, I think it's great.
4: yeah, it's it's getting harder with the the animal rights people, you know the, yeah. the, yeah. the sure. classics of the circus are the animals, you know, the elephants and the tigers, which are getting really scarce in, in as far as shows go. But they sure. are still there. But anytime they're there, there's also a bunch of assholes trying to make them stop, you know.
5: Right. Um, well, people got to protest something for no reason all the time. I don't
4: yeah, it. yeah. it's a lot of PETA propaganda, which I work in circuses. I've, I've, you know, I've been right next to the elephants and the tigers and their trainers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, USDA is so far up their bus that you, you can't do anything wrong. You know, they they show up all the time. If you're doing anything wrong, they'll shut you down. And then another thing people don't realize is you can't be mean to these animals because they're animals and they will kill you if you piss them off.
5: Right. You, know? you can't predict them.
4: You know, back in the day, there were bad animal trainers, but you know even today there are bad animal people but there's bad people in every industry there's yeah. bad cops there's bad doctors there's bad lawyers you can't condemn a whole industry because of, right. because of, of a, few so a few fucking assholes exactly right. 100% i agree with that it's just
3: it you know man it's just it's the fucking world we live in guys it really is it's this this i don't know man i just find it like a, a the world has gotten so soft on everything and don't get me wrong like, uh, I, I work in the animal industry. I've been doing it for 25 years. Uh, I'm a vet, veterinary technician, you know, and, and I've been doing saving animals for a long fucking time. But these, you know, these guys aren't doing anything wrong to these animals. You know, it's like, why are you guys picketing these poor people that are trying to earn a living? Tra- you it's got to be tough I, at times. It's crazy. It has to be.
4: Yeah, it's, it's. Pretty much tough all the time as far as the animals are concerned, because there's always, always somebody trying to shut the show down. But we usually get through it.
5: well That's good. Now, there's you. You work. Uh, are you on the road like constantly, or?
4: Yeah, the, we usually have the winter off. I've been off for the. Well, I say I've been off since November. Um, I've had a couple dates. I actually went and did a Shrine Circus date in Savannah, Georgia.
3: Nice. Uh, okay. Cool.
4: In December. But those were just some one-off spot dates. But yeah, and. Here in two weeks, we start the season and then we'll be busy until November. That's wow.
3: awesome. Man, that's I, good, I really, man. you know, I really wish you, there's a, something like close to us, man, that I would be able to go see you guys. Is there anything down this area? Like, you know, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, that kind of? Yeah.
4: There's in Alabama, there's Loomis Brothers Circus. They're touring there right now. That's uh, the show I worked on for a couple of years. And that's a really, really good show. It's a really strong show. It's really, really good looking show. Um, they toured Alabama and that's pretty much the only circus that really, really does Alabama other than some little shows that are, um, I mean, kind of half-assed, you know, there are right. some little yeah. shows that just don't put the quality out. And those are, those are usually bad for business. They do what we call burning the lot. You know, they'll come in and do a, do a show that's, you know, lackluster, not everything that they advertise is in the show, and then people go away mad, you know, and then sure, when the next then... good show comes into town. Nobody buys It's you know, like, oh, no, I don't want to go to that. I went last time and it sucked.
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we uh, we kind of get that feeling sometimes with, uh, you know, bands and, and magic and things like that, too, because, you know, once it's hard, it's really hard to sell a magic show.
4: Yeah, I do a lot of magic too. I have some big illusions. And- oh, that's fucking
3: cool, man! Yeah, we we do a um, we actually do a New Orleans-based magic show where everything is about the history and culture of the city, and we perform once a month in on on Bourbon Street at a at, a, at like a, a speakeasy, like a little place that you have to have uh-huh. a, you have to have like a password to get into. It's a vampire club. It's really it's a cool little joint, you know. That uh, sounds awesome. Yeah, we we perform there once once a month. Um, well, at the end of every month, and uh, like you know, we have two shows. We have one that's specifically built for like uh, you know, like tour groups and stuff that can come in, and it's like basic, you know, about New Orleans and different things like the you know, the, the food, the drinks, the you know, different places and artwork and stuff. And then we have a more haunted version that's specifically built for the um. For the speakeasy that's a vampire club it's got more scary stuff about you know murders and shit that happened in the quarter it's it's pretty fun
4: that's really cool that's almost uh worth coming to new orleans for to check out hey man i really like the haunted magic bizarre magic spooky magic
3: look dude you you tell me uh when you guys want to come and you let me know and i'll put you guys on the door list and that way you can come in for nothing just come check it out cool
4: yeah i want to check that out
3: yeah, just hit me up whenever. You know, like I said, we I would, do it every month. I would like month.
5: to check it out, too. I haven't been down to see it yet. Well, you need
3: to get out here, man.
5: Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things I need to do. Yeah, I, just, I know. I know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Winning the lottery's good, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice, right? Yeah,
5: right. Well, where, where, where do you call home, man? Are you in Texas? Are you in California? Or
4: uh, Huntsville, Texas is where I park my my house trailer and where I have a storage at.
1: Gotcha. I don't,
4: I don't have like a house. I live at a mobile home or a, that's cool. a camper trailer essentially because I'm on the road all year. So sure. it would, it would be uh kind of pointless to have a house and pay rent on it all month, all year. And exactly. But Huntsville, Texas, it's about an hour North of Houston, hour and a half North of Houston.
5: Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's not, that's not too far from Louisiana.
4: No, it's not at all.
5: All right. Wayne, you been down that way? Uh, no. Where, where's uh, where's frightmare at? Uh,
3: frightmare's in Dallas.
5: It's in Dallas.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I and and uh, yeah. So they, they yeah, I'll be going there. Uh, I think it's in May. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weekend before uh Mother's Day. Is,
4: uh what it, what is that the haunt convention
3: it's the uh it's the horror movie convention it's the biggest one in, in the area like it's actually probably the best one I've ever been to um it's, it's called like, Texas Frightmare yeah Texas Frightmare weekend if you ever get a chance to see that dude that's another thing you need to go to because we we try to go every year. We missed last year uh but it's awesome. Like the people you meet, the the you know it's it's basically like a comic book convention but for horror fans.
4: That's cool. I've I've heard about it. I've never been able to make it up there. I I don't ever get to make it to anything because I'm always busy. I'm always on the working road somewhere <laughs> yeah. else. I'm always somewhere else. Like, oh, that looks awesome. I'm going to be three states away. Well, ah. that's kind of
5: cool though, man. It's 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 a change of scenery quite a bit, you know. You don't have to plant roots, which is sometimes a nice thing, I think.
4: Yeah, I've never liked that, so it's uh it works out good for me. I've always moved a lot since I was a young kid.
3: Lucky you. I've been stuck yeah, in
4: the, I was fortunate enough to yeah. be able to move out of, state and go live with family. And my mom's like, sure, get the hell out of here.
3: <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Like, like, um, I have not been, I'll be honest. I've, I've never flown in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like like everybody says that. Wow. You've never flown. No, I've never been on an airplane. I've been in the airport many, many times, but I've never flown on one. Um, and I've only been to maybe five or six states, I can guess you can say, you know, in the, in the Southern area, it's, it's terrible.
4: Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. You need to get out.
3: Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's one of, it, I've always wanted to go other places and, you know, things like that, but it's, I, I don't know why, uh, I never have, you know, I just, it's not that I'm a, a, a homeward bound kind of person. It just, I just never got out. I guess. I guess you could say.
4: I've never added the states up that I've been to, but I've never been to Hawaii. I've never been to Alaska, and there's maybe four or five other ones that I haven't been to. And I've I've worked and performed in every other
3: one. No shit. Yeah. Like um. So you said you never been to where Hawaii and which other ones?
4: Uh, Hawaii, Alaska, and I I can't really think of inland states that I haven't been to.
3: That's fucking cool. That's really really cool. Uh,
4: Montana. I don't think I've ever been to Montana. Who the fuck goes to Montana?
3: Nobody goes to Montana. People, people in Montana don't want to go to Montana.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's the only other one I can think of at the moment that I haven't been to.
3: I'm sorry, Montana. I know we have a huge following in Montana, (laughs) and now we're fucking you know just really disappointing you and dissing you guys. I apologize. I apologize right now. All three
4: listeners are going to quit listening. Yeah, the
3: three guys. Um, uh, as you can hear we were kind of quiet for a second because uh, rum disappeared yep. on us there he is now he's back yes the, skype beats me see the magic of skype
4: yay he had to go take a shot that's what he that's did what
3: it was. shot or shit i don't know which one it was but it was one of them one up one down uh speaking of uh things uh, we're gonna cut right here and we're gonna actually do One of our segments that uh, people have been waiting for. Um, Jay, we're going to sit right here and we're going to do our music segment, which is usually full of incredible knowledge on whatever fucking topic these two people like to put on. Um,
5: Uh, They do a great job. The name of the segment is uh, Full Metal Music
3: News. Yeah, Full Metal Music News. And uh, they do, they do a great job when they do their shit. So um, here it is. Here you go, guys. Check it out.
1: The Metal Hand of God. Proudly presents. It is said that the amount of musical knowledge you are about to hear has the potential to blow your mind. Out of any podcast, this musical segment is the only one you will ever need to listen to again. Welcome to Full Metal Music News. Starring the two most knowledgeable people we could find in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kim Cook and Amanda Jane. Full Metal. (laughs)
3: This is my best friend, Garth Elgar Hi I think we'll go with a little Bohemian Rhapsody, gentlemen Good call
2: And welcome back to another segment of Full Metal Music News I am your host, Kid Cook And always with me is the lovely and attractive
6: Amanda Jane
2: And we're going to Give you some, not some music news with a punch to your throat today, but we're taking a different route today. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody has heard of the uh, movie Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Yes. We've seen it.
6: Yes, we did, and it was great.
2: It was a great movie. Um, The amazing... Rami well, Malek. Rami Malek, who played Freddie Mercury. I think he did an amazing job.
6: Oh, absolutely. I think he did such an awesome job. It, I mean... And yeah, Freddie Mercury had like a big old mouth and big old teeth and they made it very prominent in the movie. Well,
2: yeah, you do focus a lot on his uh, mouth in the movie. Yeah. Are you even like, this is not really that big. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it was. So we had to go look up pictures and his mouth really was that big.
6: It really was that big. And I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) But
2: um, yeah, so uh, today we're not knocking the movie down. We're not knocking on, we're not telling people not to watch it. That's not what we're doing with this. But there is a lot of inaccurate points in that movie too. And uh I read that it was because they weren't making a documentary, they were making a film. So there's a lot of I guess you could say Disney dust in the movie, you say. And even you like we would both even questioned, like, did he really live that crazy of a lifestyle? Yeah. Because They portray him living a pretty crazy lifestyle.
6: Yeah, they they definitely portrayed him as um also very flamboyant flamboyant yeah. yes
2: very flamboyant the movie yeah. but the movie was still it was still a great movie mm-hmm. i enjoyed it even though it was a very long movie
6: it was it was like almost three hours long but
2: uh, but it did spark a new interest in queen for me as did. you know
6: it did because then you started like wanting all kinds of queen dvds that And i think if any, movie. If, any, if any
2: movie does that then i think any movie did its job yeah it, it did and um the guy that played Freddie mercury
6: rami malek
2: actually won two uh grammy awards
6: he did i was so proud of him
2: he, he deserved it too absolutely because he, he really embodied
6: i mean he went from freaking like the first movie that i saw him in was in twilight you know he went from twilight series to, to winning
2: grammys to winning
6: grammys <laughs> you know that's a and big that's job also um
2: <laughs> bohemian rhapsody is the highest grossing like music movie of all time mm-hmm. too Yeah. so that's really uh that's really pretty cool you know have that status but anyway today's uh topic today is the five inaccurate facts that this movie got wrong mm-hmm. and i think they did it on purpose too what what i read was they they think did it on purpose yeah they they're could, making a movie not a bi- documentary yeah
6: they're, they're trying to make it like in a in a timeline to where it it was for a dramatic effect rather than a documentary like this is the facts
2: but it, it did have some heart Mormon, like some heart, some sad moments in that movie. Like oh, yeah. they really portrayed him as being lonely. Like he had all kind of, he had all kind of people around him, but he still felt lonely. That's yeah. what I got from this film. But anyway. um so, number five I'm going to let Amanda uh, Amanda's going to uh, I guess you can call him out and we can yeah. d- debate him and stuff
6: so number five John Deacon was not the original bassist but actually Queen's fourth bassist
2: He's uh, the fourth bassist in yeah. the movie it depicts him as being their original bassist right yeah it was their fourth bassist yeah. um, number four
6: number four Freddie Mercury was not the only one that went solo but um, Brian May and Roger Taylor released their own solo albums. Too. And they did it
2: before. Actually did it before Freddie Mercury actually cuz in the movie they, there was a big fight of Freddie Mercury doing solo albums and, mm-hmm. and so yes. Yeah, that's so pretty then, that's pretty interesting that uh two members from Queen in, like in real life actually released solo albums before him. Yeah. That's
6: one. Yeah, so that's what another wrong thing that went happened that was happening in the movie that they the whole reason that you know Queen quote unquote split up, which they never did.
2: Which brings us to our number three.
6: Which brings us to our number three, which uh, features the Live Aid show. And it was not a reunion for Queen because, like I said, they never split up.
2: In the movie, they put, depict them as them splitting up and breaking up because that Freddie Mercury was releasing the solo album. It never happened. And they never had it. It never happened. I think uh, <laughs> it was like two months from Queen's last tour to the Live Aid show. Because mm-hmm. they really built, like, the whole movie is a build-up to Live Aid. Like is like this. I mean,
6: because that was one of their most epic performances ever. Yeah. But
2: oh, well, it's actually voted as the greatest rock concert of all time. Yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> like like, um, I think why it's so special is because in, um, he had a throat infection, real bad throat infection. Didn't know if he, he could do it or not. He came out and gave like the greatest performance of all time. And the movie, the movie actually did an awesome job of, like, capturing how massive that crowd was and how massive that show was. Yeah. Like, that yes. was, was, like, I think over and, 100 And Rami Malik
6: like, seriously looked like him to the fucking T.
2: In that scene? In that
6: scene. Like, yeah, he did. Like, if if you weren't really paying attention and not knowing that was Rami Malik, like, you swear you would have been looking at That's Freddie Mercury.
2: Because they, they have actually a video on YouTube where they have um the movie and the actual footage of Live Eight, and they play it like side by side and like everything is to the T perfect. Yep. Um,
6: so that was... Um,
2: number three. Number
6: three. Number two, Jim Hutton, which was, you know... Um, his lover. His quote unquote lover or his like, you know, little sidekick or whatever throughout the movie. They portrayed him as a servant when he really wasn't. He was just a hairdresser that Freddie Mercury met at a nightclub.
2: In the movie, they portrayed him as being. A, that's how they met. It was in the movie, he was um a servant at Freddie Mercury's house, and that that really that's not true in real life. They right. met at a nightclub, and they actually um, I think in the movie they said that they actually was in a relationship from like the time that he found out he had AIDS to his death in nineteen ninety one. But that's. That's very very heartbreaking. His passing and his diagnosis. Because I think uh, at the time that AIDS was like, nobody really understood HIV all that much. when he first got diagnosed, with it.
6: and then um, yeah, and then everybody knows what happens with the AIDS and HIV because you know Dallas Buyers Club. That was another yeah when that happened in the nineties and stuff.
2: But I just felt like like the. What I really liked about the movie, and before we get to number one, I want to throw this out there too. What I really liked about the movie is that they showed how they wrote some of their well-known songs. They, they went into depth and showed how they wrote Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. and recorded it. And the trouble they had to go through to actually release it as a single. Yeah,
6: and they really did do it out in the middle of nowhere in a barn.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, well, that's a... Um, I was talking about inaccurate, but in an accurate fact is that they really did do it out in the middle of nowhere in the barn. It's a funny scene in the movies whenever the drummer is doing the Galileos. And it just keeps, because Freddie Mercury had like this vision. And they really portray that in the film of him having this vision of how he wanted each song to sound and for it to be recorded. Well, in the movie, the drummer, Roger Taylor, keeps on doing, he did the Galileo, the Galileo, the high ones. Yeah. And Freddie Mercury just keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on doing it, and then, He's, what, what, what do and you he think?
6: was like, "How many Galileos do you want?"
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> very, very funny part. I can't ever, I can't hear that. I can't, every time I hear that song, now just think of that one right. <laughs> scene in that movie. <laughs> How
6: many Galileos do you need?
2: <laughs> I I I like the relationship that they portray between Roger Taylor and Freddie Mercury. I like the one scene, for Freddie Mercury first don't started of donning the mustache, and uh, I think he was hanging a picture on the wall and he turns around and to the, uh, Roger and he's like, How, "What do you think of it?" <laughs> and Roger's like. Very gay. <laughs> he's like, no, the picture. <laughs> that was um, great. That
3: was, that great. was funny. Yeah.
6: So now our number one. We were talking about Live Aid before. Um, Freddie Mercury did not know he had AIDS before the Live Aid show in 1985. But um, it's been disputed that he learned he had AIDS between 1986 and 1987.
2: So he didn't have it during the concert. No. portrays it, portrayed in the film, He knew he had it before the concert. That's why it was such an epic Thing because in the movie he went out there with the AIDS, you know, and quote unquote yeah, AIDS, parentheses, and he gave the performance of a lifetime, and they really, you know, but he didn't have AIDS.
6: No, he didn't know he had well, AIDS. He, at that
2: time. he might have had it.
6: He probably no, because like once somebody gets AIDS, like the symptoms don't really show until probably like a few years um, later.
2: The way like the way that the movie ends, is like Live Aid would have been it. Like that's the end of Queen, but the Queen actually did. Uh, uh, after the live A show, they actually did the Magic Tour, which is a very successful tourism mean, Whenever I mean, he came out with the, uh, the yellow jacket, uh, yeah, the yellow the, jacket, you know, and they were playing in uh Wembley Stadium to like 100,000 people. Um, <clears throat> so like in the movie, it shows that like Live A would be it for Queen, like that was it. Like they were mm-hmm. done after that because he, he had AIDS, but he was actually they actually did one more tour after the Magic Tour and released another album. And then uh, I think in 86, no 87, 88, that's whenever he was like, he was so, I showed you some footage of him whenever he's at, at the end, he looks so different. And yeah. was so, he was, his health was bad. He looks so bad. Yeah, it was really,
6: really bad. It was kind of
2: sad to see him like that.
6: So uh, so after the passing of Freddie, Freddie Mercury, I guess Queen never really did anything until the, now. Well, what
2: they, at first, it did put with Paul Rogers. It was Queen plus Paul Rogers from Bad Company. And then I now know. they're doing with Adam Lambert, which are coming to New Orleans. And uh, it's around my birthday. August 20th, at the Smoothie King Center, they'll be in New Orleans. And uh, I don't know how I feel about Adam Lambert. I guess if anybody could do it, it's him.
6: Yeah, like I said, he has definitely the vocal abilities. And
2: he's flamboyant like Freddie Mercury was
6: too. Flamboyant as fuck. He yeah. really is. He's so like, hey.
2: Yeah, he's... he's <laughs> well, that's the thing though. I don't really think really Freddie as being like that though. No,
6: not really. I mean, he kind of was like in the beginning when he was hooking up with... Um,
2: Dudes and women? Yeah, like yeah, that's probably why how he got AIDS. Yeah,
6: no, I, I mean I thought he was very flamboyant like in the beginning of the movie. And right? towards the end, he kind and of like end, slacked right? like, off of it. Yeah, because towards the beginning of the movie, he was like he was like flipping his hair right? and yeah. he was shopping at women's clothing, and that's how he met his wife, and you know, and and she was very like. She she probably knew that he was gay or at least bisexual yeah. this entire the entire time they were married. She had to she, she had to know. Had to. She she had know. To know. But I always kind of like he did like they did portray him as very flamboyant yeah. in the beginning.
2: But um yeah like, it was, like this whole thing was not to knock the movie in any way shape or form. We actually encourage everybody to check the movie out. If you're a queen, even if you're not a queen fan, I think you should still you know give. To, their legacy, of the time of day. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, well, especially definitely. Freddie Mercury's legacy. Yeah,
6: it's it's definitely worth it, and uh, just yeah. be
2: prepared not to do anything for about three hours. For about three hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a very long movie. It don't show from whenever uh, he was born. It shows from whenever he was a teenager, right before he got into Queen. Yeah. So, um, and I think uh, the number one song in America. I don't mean to change the topic so fast, but the number one song in America, I think, is still "Thank You Next" by Ariana Grande, which. We need to change that. We do need to change that. We do, we do. need to change that. I have not yet. America, heard.
6: let's change that shit.
2: I have not heard the song yet.
6: I still
2: haven't. Heard I have that. no interest <laughs> in hearing the song. <laughs> well,
6: but Bohemian Rhapsody need to go back up to number one. Well, that's
2: the thing, though. I think Bohemian Rhapsody is like one of the like the only song in history to be like on the charts three times in its whole. Like it, it, and it was number one. It was in the charts when it first came out, and then when Wayne's World came out, which was our little snippet at the beginning of this yep. segment. <laughs> And then now that this movie came out, there's a whole new like resurgence of Queen. You know, Queen's probably bigger now than they were in. You know, just as big now they were in the eighties because yeah. of the movie. Because the movie. Yeah. And um, so yeah. But uh, yeah, Ariana Grande, Thank You Next is still number one in America. Number one song in America. And then the next on our next segment, we're gonna have we have a show to review because in a we week do. in a week we'll be seeing Seven Dust. I'm so excited. This is a man's favorite band. Well, that's about all the time we have for this segment. I hope you have all enjoyed it. And, um... Oh, wait. I'm messing up. Oh, no, I didn't mess it up. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're
6: good. Baby don't know how to work I don't the recording. I don't know how to work the recording. <laughs> and It's not a
2: phone. It's a microphone. Whatever. <laughs> but, um, anyway, I have been your host, Kid Cook. And always with me is the lovely and attractive...
6: Amanda Jane.
2: And we're going to kick it back over to the Guys in the Matter Hand and God podcast. Peace. Oh my god, that just blew
1: your mind. Join us next time for another episode of Full Metal Music News with Kid Cook and the amazing Amanda Jane. Later kids. MHOG.
3: Metal. all right so that was our full metal music news and uh i find it very riveting
5: it was good man uh, yeah i, I, thought, I so it,
3: thought so too Thought too. you know i mean there's only i mean there's only so much time to talk about queen there's because there's so much to talk about It's us not stop right right are you are you a big queen fan jay
4: i've always liked queen i've never had an album but i've really never heard a queen song i didn't like i agree yeah,
5: they're pretty good what uh since you were in punk bands back in the day what were you what were you into
4: uh pretty much everything i like i liked hardcore punk but of course like rancid op ivy
3: nice and,
4: um, all the traditional uh face-to-face and yeah. lag wagon were a couple of my my more modern ones your guilty and pleasures
3: no you for a name the first two records were fantastic after that they were poo
4: yeah, I don't think I ever listened to them after the first two records. Yeah,
3: you are not missing a goddamn thing. Uh, <laughs> no, Face
4: to Face is still uh, still doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, they they really, actually came here yeah. on tour recently. I was like, you guys that's are still amazing. around. That's fucking great. Uh, I am actually uh, the band I am in now is, is a hardcore band, like along the lines of like uh, Sick of It All and uh, you know the Agnostic Front kind of hardcore stuff. Right on, I love that shit. Yeah, dude, that's like that's what we're pushing right now. Uh, actually when I was
4: young it was nice to we we were a hardcore punk band, but we were hardcore enough that we could get in the metal shows. Right. And yeah. we could do the punk shows. So we could you know, we, we had twice as many opportunities to
3: And that's what we're doing. And that's exactly how we are. Because like I used to be in a real just a straight up thrash metal band and uh we were we, we were together for almost thirteen years and and we split and uh me and one of the guitar players decided we we're going to start a new band and we came up with this and it's been doing pretty well. You know, we've been doing pretty good. We're recording a record right now. And, uh, unfortunately I've been having uh throat issues and I'm the singer. So I haven't been in there to do anything with it, but, uh, hopefully that'll be rectified soon.
4: Sure. <laughs> cool. well, now that you're... I'm going to check it out.
3: Yeah, dude, for sure. I'll send you a copy. Whenever we're finished.
5: Well, Jay, now that you're, you're, you're older, you've matured a little bit. Are you still listening to that? Or what? what is your new thing?
4: Uh, I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, one of my favorite bands is Ghoultown, If if you ever heard them, they're like a punk rock western type. Oh of wow! It's kind of weird. It's very weird. They have a they have a trumpet and it's it's like spaghetti western sounding punk rock. It's dude, oh so
3: weird! That's fucking yeah. awesome.
4: They're from Austin. They're called Ghoultown. You should check them out, dude. You,
3: you uh, would really dig our friends' band. Uh, look up Tomb of Nick Cage. Like, Nick Cage, the uh, actor? Yeah. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Look up those guys. I think you'd love them. They're kind of like that uh, horror punk, you know, the, real theatrical, really good shit, man.
4: You dig them. Yeah, I love anything theatrical. That's one of the things that pushed me from music to doing stage shows, theatrical shows, was, you know, the last couple of years of playing in bands, I was always like, I wanted to paint my face and wear stilts and build these big props and, you know, yeah. projectors. I always wanted to. You know, I was thinking Guar. more about the what it looked like than what it sounded like, which it sounded good. I mean, we played a lot of shows, but you know, it's you, hard to. But you keep wanted to five top guys it. On the top page.
3: Yeah, you wanted to top things. You wanted to go further. You wanted to do more. I always understand that. Well, how
5: much did it take for you? How long did it take for you to practice, especially knife throwing? I mean, that is a that is a tough tough thing to master.
4: Well, knife throwing. I actually started knife throwing when I was really young, when I was a kid. You know, I'm from I'm from South Texas, so it's just something we did. You know, we we sure. throw knives. And, but when I was, uh, I guess 26, I started. I built a knife board and bought some throwing knives, and I started practicing. It probably took me about a year and a half before I was comfortable throwing a knife next to somebody. Wow! And now I fling them so fast. You know, I fling eight knives in you know two seconds, three seconds.
3: Holy shit!
4: Yeah. That's awesome. I'm pretty pretty comfortable with it now, but it took me probably a year and a half before I'd even throw next to somebody.
3: I I just gotta say that. that. I just gotta say it again. Holy shit! (laughs) But I'm also also
4: somewhat of a perfectionist. You know, I won't put anything out unless it's gonna look awesome. You know, I'm not gonna put anything on the stage that's gonna look half-assed. That might mess up. You know, I was like, that was the same way with music. You know, this, this song was rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And, you know, if we weren't hundred percent on it, we're not playing it in the show. Sure. But I'm the same way with the acts. And, you know, there's a lot of entertainers who aren't that way. You know, they, they don't have a problem putting something half-assed out. And then they do what we, you know, like the circuses, they burn the spot. When I used to play clubs a lot doing the sideshow stuff, you know, I'd contact a club and be like, Hey, I got this sideshow. And they're like, no, we had that in here it wasn't good we don't want it wow. you know because somebody came in with a half ass show yeah it and fucked it
3: house. all
4: up you know they didn't have costumes they didn't have good lines and they you know the club owners were like well we're not doing this again because this sucks you know they they lump it all together
3: yeah i deal with that a lot because I, I do a lot of booking down here and, and i always want to pull in like something different like a side show or something like that and when i when i pitch it to clubs or or people you know they're like I don't know about that, you know, you know, I'm like, all right, man. So I do not have to tell the, the people who contacted me, look, we can't do it. Sorry. You know, I feel, I feel shitty, but like, it's, I can't, it's not my business. You know, it's not my building. So I can't really yeah. do anything about it.
5: Mm. No, that sucks, man.
4: Oh, well, I'm sure you that. get the same thing with magic. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of some, you say magician and the people, you know, see the, the cheesy guy that pulling a rabbit out of a top hat, right and a quarter out of a kid's ear and that's nothing like what it exactly,
3: is now you know? exactly exactly and then like we have some really really intense shit you know and and well you, you do the
5: i've got your nose
3: i do that yes i do that
5: uh, and the uh oh look what my thumb can do
3: yeah i do that one too yeah. i do that yeah, one too nice. i'm i'm like the opening act <laughs> <laughs> he, the he can bend the pencil. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Classics of magic. Here we go. Look, watch. See this pencil? You see it's sturdy. Now watch. Ooh, it's jelly. It's jelly. <laughs> of course, man. You got to do those kind of things. I've always said this. Like, I, I always told my-, my boss, I was like, look, man, you got to teach me some 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 basic magic sh- kids tricks. Okay? And I said, I want to set up my own show, but I want to be, an it's for adults, but it's kid magic. And I want to be the asshole magician. Like, I want to be a complete jerk-off. Bring out these stupid fucking kids tricks. Like these these rabbits that turn around you know and they turn different colors and shit and then like people are looking at me like i'm like what fuck you 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 know that you paid for this (laughs) you know (laughs) you fucking do it yeah you 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 think you You can do better
5: amazing jonathan is what you want to be
3: right kind of but like i can turn them like around and like they'll they'll be like rabbits here here and then you turn around it's a dick or something you know something to fuck with people you know wow but do it with but kids tricks and 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 uh, my boss was like, man, you know, you could really probably make a lot of money doing that. I said, yeah, especially with like, you know, bachelorette parties or bachelor parties or some fucking stupid shit like that. That's funny, man. It'd be a niche kind of thing, but you know.
4: Yeah, I think it's bookable though.
3: Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You, Isn't that sad? The most, the most annoying and asshole magician of all time. <laughs> <laughs> You walk oh, in like, true. fuck you, you know. Hey, how's it going? You know, you just stand up on uh, the corner. You can do a magic trick. Yeah, I did. You whatever. <laughs> It'll be fucking great, dude. Well, I wanted to ask you, what is? Um, let's go with, with this
5: past uh, season. Uh, your this past season that you were performing. Uh, what was did you say your your uh, your biggest turnout? Your best show? Did you have a best show that you can say, hey, that was probably my best one all year? Or no?
4: Oh, I don't know. That's I some of the dates we do are shrine circus dates for um you know some in nebraska and louisiana and some of those dates are you know a, a stadium full of people wow it's, okay it's, and those those are definitely the biggest shows i've ever done wow this circus dates in the past couple of years actually
5: that's a, that's an amazing uh, uh i've seen some of the shrine circuses i've probably actually seen you perform <laughs> especially if, especially if you were in savannah because I, I used to go to the one in savannah all the time
4: was um, it the Shrine Circus? Yeah, yeah. It, that's I just did that in December. I'm going back to Augusta uh, next month.
5: Augusta's nice. I like Augusta, but uh, yeah, no, no, that's
4: not in April.
5: Oh, April. Okay, but uh, yeah, the uh, I I was just curious because uh, you know doing performances and stuff like that. I'm uh, have okay. Here's here's one. <laughs> uh, what what is? Have you had a bad show?
4: Um. Bad shows, bad shows are usually when something's off with the knife throwing and, you know, out of in in one show, we'll throw 30 something knives, 40 knives, not all at once. So we okay. have a set of eight knives. You throw them, you pull them out of the board, you get the girl in another position, throw them and we'll throw 30, 40 knives in, in one act. And a bad show is dropping four of those knives out of all those knives dropping four. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Yeah. So most shows... Every knife sticks, but when when you drop four knives out of it in one act, it looks really bad, and that's what I consider a bad show. It usually doesn't get any worse than that, unless the the knife throwing boards sometimes will get so worn out.
5: Right. I was going to ask you about that. Does it does it it's got to chew that board up after a
4: while? Oh yeah, and I have to replace them about four times a year. I wow. Build a new straight board, and this past October we we were working at the world's longest haunted house in albuquerque new mexico and i didn't build a new board yet and i chewed a hole through the board in one spot where i always hit and one show the knife just went jesus it went straight through the board there's there was nobody behind it my museum was behind it so it you know it went straight to that but that was pretty embarrassing i don't like shit like that to happen on stage
3: no no doubt no that's That's kinda, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you're a singer and you, you, you fall off the stage. Oh, th-
4: this past year, actually, I, I think of the worst thing that happened to me this past year. The uh, the rollabola we were talking about earlier.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, <laughs> yeah, I was had my show. The Strange Danger Thrill Show at the New Mexico State Fair this in September last year. And one of the acts in the show is I get on the rollabola and I juggle these skill saw blades with handles. So it's like a skill saw blade with a hammer handle on it.
0: Nice. Okay. Okay.
4: Wow. If you, if you can imagine, if you could picture that. Yeah. Well, I did, I get on the board by jumping up and landing on the board, you know, and then I'll do a little applause, applause cue, get an applause. And then the, the, the blades come out and I juggle the blades while I'm on it. Well, it was the last show of the fair. We've been doing the fair for 12 days and we're doing four shows a day. And this was the very last day, the very last show. I went to jump on that bowl board, and the board just flew right out from underneath me. Oh. I completely went sideways and landed straight on the concrete. You know, I, I went sideways four foot in the air and just straight <sighs> down. And uh, that was pretty, pretty fucking embarrassing. That's probably the worst thing that happened to me all year last year. And uh, I just got up, you know, I told the audience like, well, now, you know, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> well, no doubt,
5: no doubt, man.
4: That's some so, scary shit. I had the hurt, I man. Finish the act, but uh, but that was pretty bad.
5: So skill saw blades on hammer handles. Yeah, like I, I'm, lollipops I'm, of death.
3: That's pretty yeah, awesome. Exactly.
5: Wow. Oh man. Jesus, oh, man, that is amazing. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to picture it. I'm like that. Right? That's
3: i I, I to me, I'd be like shitting myself because okay, I'm not just embarrassed, but I'm about to cut my fingers off. This sucks.
4: Yeah, lucky I didn't have the blades in my hand. That oh, okay, been, good, good.
3: Yeah,
5: good. Well, you got to you gotta keep up on uh, on, on your health, too, doing that, because you work so much in the year, you, it's, it's got to be tough to try to keep. I mean, I, I remember doing touring and stuff with bands and stuff and, and, and that sort of thing, but you couldn't, you know, your career and stuff, you just can't afford to take time off a lot of times either. You got to keep going, got to keep going. You can't afford to get sick you know yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. You, can't,
4: you can't take time off for shit no and you got to take the money when it's there you know if you got gigs you can't oh yeah cuz you always got to take cuz there might not be gigs next month right know, like right now i'm in a contract for the year so i know i'm good but a lot of times it's not like that you know a lot of times it's you're working month to month
3: right yeah cuz when when like you you have to have when it's hot it's hot you got to take it definitely
4: yeah work all you can this year because next year you might be broke
3: well, I don't like to hear oh, that. That's cool. I don't want you to be broke, man. I'm, you can't be no, broke.
4: Oh, no, shit happens.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, dude, we are at the end of this precipice. This amazing show. This, I don't know what you want to call it. I just called was the, a, it. Was a, it was a good show. I said the amazing that's show, right? That was good. That was yeah. good. The amazing show. All right, that was good. Um, man, look, we appreciate you taking the time out and coming pop on here, dude, and uh, just give us a little bit of information of your life, man. It's pretty fucking awesome.
4: Thanks for having me guys. It was fun talking to you. Of if course, you get man. a, if you get a
3: chance,
5: uh, email, um, whenever you get around the, if you, if you want to, you can email us some of your show dates and stuff that you'll have coming up and yeah, we'll be we, glad cool. to put them out on the website yeah, and put everything on our website and,
3: and everything, dude. And, and
5: you know. where
4: Wayne, you're in NOLA. Where are you at?
5: I'm in, uh, Wilm, uh up near Wilmington, North Carolina.
4: Okay. I'm yeah. not sure one through North Carolina. There's a good chance we are though. I know we're going up to Pennsylvania and
5: Okay. Well, I've Ohio. got I've got plenty of contacts up there too and uh we'll we'll get Yeah, man, like
3: show. we'd love to spread your stuff out, dude. You know, like if you want to give us some stuff, I'll definitely put it on our site and if help you, you
5: out. if you want, we can put a uh, couple of your videos up on the website as well and yep.
3: and that'd be great. All
4: right. Yeah, I'll send you a couple of videos to put
3: up. Awesome. That'd be so cool. So you
4: can see what see what we're talking about with the Roller and Yeah,
3: the, yeah, that'd be really cool, be cool, dude. That'd be really cool.
4: Well,
5: awesome.
3: But good, man. Thank you for joining us, like I said before, and we really do appreciate it. And if anybody out there wants to uh, see any of your stuff, uh, we'll have the links on our show. But if you want to give out like some kind of uh, web address or anything like that, you can go right ahead now if you want.
4: Uh, just go to the Facebook page, Strange Danger Thrill Show.
3: There you go. Go check them out. It's, it's fucking great to have you on here, man. Um, anyway, I was your host, Wayne. I'm the rum guy. And And I'm Jay Packard. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it, keep it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Adieu, adieu, parting with such sweet sounds. Go ahead and
2: run. Run home and cry to Mama. Get the
4: fuck
0: out! Okay then.
2: That's it.